you are listening to the Fairy Podmothers. I'm Amber, and I'm joined by fellow Podmother Rachel and our friend Tony. Stephanie is not here this week because she's living her best life at Disney World. So we're bringing Tony in, who knows pretty much everything there is to know about Disney Cruise Line, which is what we're talking about this week. Tony, I hereby dub you honorary Podfather. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm incredibly honored uh, to be the first Podfather, and uh, <laughs> you know I couldn't be happier. Awesome. It's a big honor. It's a big. It honor. is. <laughs> Well, Tony actually has a podcast himself dedicated to all things Disney cruising. Tell us about it, Tony. Uh, actually, it's not specifically Disney cruising. Um, I, I'm part of three different podcasts. Uh, so we, we know about Main Street uh, and more, which is a group of travel agents. Uh, some of you may know the agency. Uh, <laughs> Heard uh, of actually, it. actually, hold on. I just I gave you the wrong name. It's Main Street and more travel, but it's the Mouse and More podcast. Uh, I'm also a part of a podcast I do with my wife, which is everything related to Disney and a little universal, which is called Disney Drive Time. We originally started doing that uh, for your morning commute. It would be a nice way to get a recap of the previous day's news. And then COVID came and killed everybody's commute. So uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's still drive time, but people aren't driving as much anymore. And then my original podcast is Two Dudes Talking Disney, which I do with a, a friend who is a former travel agent. Uh, and he's a if I think I'm a Disney expert, he's been going to Disney since he was pretty much in the womb uh, back in like 83. And, you know, they do like six trips a year. It's, it's craziness. Wow. Awesome. You stay busy. Yeah. <laughs> I subscribe to all three of your podcasts, Tony, and I enjoy them all immensely. So you guys go give them a listen. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> so Tony, since you're new around here, we're going to play a little rapid fire to get to know you just a little before we start. So I'm going to ask a Disney-related question, and you tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? You got it. Let's go. All right. Your favorite thing to do on a non-park day? Uh, favorite thing to do on a non-park day is mini golf. Ooh, do you have a favorite one. course? Uh, I like Fantasia Gardens. Um, that's uh, That was the first course I, I did with the girls, so that's uh, that's a little special to us. Yeah, Awesome. All right, number two, which dwarf do you most identify with? Oh, it's kind of a cross between grumpy and sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would also be my answer. <laughs> All right, favorite mountain, Splash, Face, or Big Thunder? Uh, I'm going to say Splash. Yeah, mine too. Because I'm kind of a roller coaster, I, I don't want to say Frady Cat. Uh, I had a bad experience when I was a kid, and uh, uh, I, I didn't do coasters for a long time. And, but I did Splash and Splash was one of the first rides we did as a family. So, uh, so Splash is, is my favorite. It's mm. so fun. Yeah. All right, your favorite nighttime show and why is it Happily Ever After? <laughs> it is not Happily Ever After. Um, I would have to say my favorite nighttime show is probably, I wanna say Wishes. Um, mm. You know, I, I like the soundtrack. I, I love fireworks. Um, and it's, it's, you know, if you get the right viewing spot, uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing show. Uh, you know, you, if, if you're dead center somewhere in the hub, you're good to go. Awesome. All right, number five, this is the last one. And the, you might think about this one for a second. Your answer might be a little longer than the others. Walt Disney has returned from beyond the grave and has chosen you to be his tour guide at the parks. What is the first thing you show him? 
Wow, that's that's a tough one. Um, it's got to be at this point, I would say, Rise of the Resistance. Um, I would just take him to the most technologically advanced ride uh, or attraction that is in the park and show him, you know, what, what essentially went from uh, Walt sitting in front of a carousel while taking his daughters to Griffith Park in Los Angeles, you know, from as simple as a carousel to what is, you know, almost 100 years later, uh, since he brought his girls, uh, not since the parks have been around, obviously, uh, but you know, a, a technologically advanced ride that Imagineering thought up and designed and uh, just to show him where it's come um, and to show him, you know, that families are still riding together. That's a great answer. I love that. Mm -hmm. So this week we are talking about Disney Cruise Line. I've cruised on the Disney Fantasy on a seven-day Eastern Caribbean itinerary. Rachel, what about you? So I cruised last year on the Disney Wonder and we did a Southern Caribbean and it was six nights and it was out of Puerto Rico. Awesome. So if you had to say, what was your favorite thing about a Disney cruise? I mean, the whole thing was just honestly our favorite trip we've ever taken. If I have to boil it down to, to that, um, I really loved all the different activities that there are on the cruise. I mean, everything from, you know, trivia to mixology to pool time to the, all the shows. I mean, you cannot be bored on a, on a Disney cruise. There's just so much to do. And I also selfishly liked it because I felt really comfortable uh, having my kids in the childcare. I thought, I felt it was really safe. It was an amazing space for them to hang out in. I mean, like the Avengers showed up and did, training with them. You know, there were so many cool things that they were getting to do. And then my husband could sometimes sneak away with me and we could go to the pool or go get a really nice dinner. And that was just really fun to combine the mix of family time and also, you know, couples time. So that is, yeah, that is so true. Um, I just, I felt the same way dropping off the kids. Well, when last time we were there, we only had the one. <laughs> so dropping <laughs> off the kid at kids club and mine, my son is kind of an introvert. So I was kind of scared that he wouldn't have a good time or, you know, he just wouldn't get into it, but he didn't want to leave. Like we had to come get him and get him to leave. So he really loved it. Yeah. I mean, the food is so good. The entertainment, the shows are incredible. Like we saw the frozen show when we were there and it was amazing. And also like we uh, you went to Tiana's palace and that was just so much fun. They had a live jazz band playing while dinner was going on. It's just the coolest thing ever. And my kids yeah. had a ball and of course, like all the tropical stops on the way, we love the beaches and getting to enjoy all of that. So I really can't imagine like a better mix of activities for a awesome vacation. Exactly, I totally agree. So the real reason we asked Tony to join us tonight was because he is the Main Street and more resident DCL expert. We all know that cruising is paused right now, but some of our clients are ready to go as soon as we're able to. So we asked Tony to come on and share his top five things that folks new to Disney cruising should know. So what do you have for us, Tony? Well, you know, I, I just want to start off really briefly. Uh, you know, you did mention that the cruising is paused right now. And that is something that obviously we, we all think about uh, COVID is, is, you know, worldwide phenomenon and nobody's on the sea. Well, that's not true. Nobody in the U.S. is on the seas right now because they are cruising over in Europe. 
but um, you know what, when will Disney be back? When will other cruise lines be back? Obviously not in 2020. Um, Disney and other cruise lines are members of CLIA, which is the Cruise Lines International Association. Uh, that association is comprised of 95% of the world's cruising uh, companies. And CLIA has put out a voluntary no sale uh, date through December 31st of 20, uh, 2020. Uh, the CDC has recently said that uh, cruise lines could begin sailing out of US ports as of November 1st. Uh, but once again, the CLIA organizations have an agreement that they will not sail prior to 2021. Now, that doesn't mean that January 1st, everybody's going to be cruising again. Uh, what that means is that, uh, that, first off, they've got to assemble uh, international crews back to all of the ships. Uh, you know, there are thousands of crew members uh, from all across the globe. The, the logistical nightmare of getting them all back to the ships is, uh, is something I would not want to have to deal with. But you've got to get your crews back. Uh, once you get your crews back, then you've got to train them on all the new protocols. Uh, CLIA members have put together a set of 74 uh, COVID protocols that need to be addressed by each cruise line. Uh, wow. and, and, and that includes, you know, training on new cleaning procedures, disinfecting. Um, all cruise ships that have more than 250 people on board them have to have a lab. Um, all staff, all, all passengers will be tested every cruise. Um, uh, you know, so you've got to implement these. The first couple cruises are going to be simulations with nothing but crew. Uh, and they have to be certified by the CDC that they are in compliance with the new protocols. Then once they have the compliance by the CDC, then you're going to look at some probably a, a handful of shakedown cruises. You know, those will be, you know, volunteers, cruise families, company uh, families of people who work at the cruise company, you know, and those will be cruises just to make sure that they've got everything down pat. And then they'll start accepting uh, paying cruisers again. Um, and, and I think, you know, my mind, I think we're probably looking at, you know, March um, at the earliest. Tony, do you say that for all cruise lines or do you anticipate Disney being more, um, I guess, careful or conservative when they go back as they've kind of been with the park? I think everybody's going to be conservative. Um, Bob Chapek, who is uh, CEO of Disney, has mentioned that the cruise line will be the last business unit that is back in operation um, because it is such a complex beast. Um, but I, I think what you're going to see is you might not see the regular itineraries. You might see Disney bringing back one ship, uh, maybe one ship from each class, one of the large ships, one of the small ships, and doing, you know, short three and four night cruises out of Port Canaveral. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm not necessarily sure that they're going to go to Europe this year. They canceled their European itineraries this year. Um, don't know if we'll see them go to Europe, but I, I think every cruise line is going to take a graduated approach. Now it's a little easier for Disney because they only have four ships. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're not like a, a, a carnival or a, you know, NCL who has, you know, tens upon tens of ships. Um, you know, Disney is a very small, they're a very small player, but they're a very important player in the game because they are the number one cruise line ranked for families, uh, you know, for multiple years running. So uh, I think a lot of people look to the Disney brand as not only a leader in the cruise industry, but a leader in safety. And I think that once Disney gets back to cruising, you know, people will be a little more secure in their feelings about cruising. Um, so 
that's kind of the long answer of, of I think, you know, of me saying, I, I think that everybody's going to return to cruising, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be, you know, 800 ships cruising again. You know, you might see 40 ships cruising and they're all going to be at reduced capacities. I think uh, Disney mentioned they're going to be at 25 or, or 30% capacity. Um, oh, wow. So you're, you're going to look at smaller, smaller groups, just like they're doing in the parks right now. Um, you know, but I, I, I don't think, I don't think Disney will do anything that's not profitable. And if they can turn a dollar profit, you know, as opposed to uh, running in the red, that's the point that they'll be at with their cruises. You know, if they're going to run in the red by bringing 25% capacity on board, they're not going to do it. Um, but, I, you know, e eventually that day will come back and we'll all be cruising and, and COVID will be in our rearview mirror, hopefully. I can't right. wait for that. <laughs> and 25% capacity is two very different things when you're comparing parks and cruising, because maybe in October, typically the parks are 25, 30% full anyway. So a normal day is about 30% capacity. Um, but on a ship, it seems like it's very much closer to maybe 100% capacity. So it's not going to feel like it would feel very different on the cruise ships where it doesn't feel that much different in the parks. I've had people say, you know, I've seen people posting online saying, there's no way that the parks are 25% capacity. Look at all these people. And, you know, they don't understand everything behind that. Right. Well, the, the amazing thing about the cruise line industry is a number of years ago when, when Disney was sailing out of New York in the summertime, uh, they were typically at 130, 140% capacity. Now, does that mean that they're over capacity? No. Capacity for a cruise ship is based on two people per cabin. So if every cabin has two people in it, they're at 100%. We all know that there are families who have more than two people. Uh, so that is why the cruise ship actually exceeds 100% um, because they base 100% on two people per stateroom. Um, so even, even with that, you know, if, if the dream class, uh, I, I think the dream class is about, like say, I was going to say between 48 and 5,000 people, 4,800 and 5,000 people, I think. So, you know, 20, 25% of that, you're looking at 1200 people. That's going to be, that's going to be noticeable, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, but it's going to be sweet when you get to Castaway Key and, <laughs> you know, you've got that beach, you know, you've got a lot more beach to yourself than you normally would. So, uh, yeah, hope, hopefully, you know, the cruise line rebounds. I, I think, you know, you, we've, we've seen some of the cruise lines lose ships, um, retire ships early because of this, but there are a number of ships that are, that are on the way. Um, Disney actually has three ships on order. They're the new Triton class ships. They're going to be slightly larger than the dream class and hold just around the same number of passengers. Uh, and they delayed the debut of the Disney uh, Wish, um, which is now going to make her inaugural sailing in the summer of 2022. And then the next two ships will follow, I believe in 20, they've been pushed back to 2024 and 2025. Uh, so eventually, you know, we'll see Disney's fleet grow. Of course, they might retire two of the smaller ships, but we'll, we'll see what that leads to. Mm -hmm. So cruising will rebound. The, the travel industry will rebound the world will, re will rebound, hopefully. Yeah, I have some clients that are scheduled to go. They were um, supposed to go this past April and now they're scheduled for this April. So I'm starting to get a little nervous wondering if they're gonna make it or not. 
Yeah, Amber, I'm having those feelings too. I, I'm planning on going, well, I was planning on going to Alaska in June of 2021. And with the whole Canada issue, I don't know if that will happen or not because the cruise leaves out of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So it'll, yeah, be, it'll interesting be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. Yeah. All right. So Tony, take it away. Sorry, Tony was having a coughing fit there for a second. <laughs> I, I, the, the tough thing with Canada is Canada has restricted cruise lines of more than 250 passengers from sailing out of their ports through March. So uh, if they if they extend that, you know, because that's what uh, that's what they did last year is they stopped cruising out of their ports before the U.S. stopped cruising. So uh, Canada could could be a, a, a tough sail for uh, for Alaska this summer, but could kibosh it. I know. You know, once again, we'll see. We'll see where this leads us. A tough S A I L or a tough S A L E. Yes. <laughs> yes to both there of those. There we go. <laughs> uh, so yes, my my top five. Uh, the first one's going to be a freebie. I'm not including this in my top five, uh, but it is a point that I like to make, and that is definitely when you're sailing, use a travel agent. Uh, specifically, use a Disney vacation specialist, perhaps a pod mother. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, a travel agent is your best bet. Travel agents have been trained on the product. Uh, they know the ins and outs. If you're lucky, uh, you have a travel agent who has sailed before. Um, it's always great to get someone who has experience who can then share that experience with you to make your family's vacation that much better. And they deal with a lot of the stuff behind the scenes uh, that you don't have to do. So you just really have to pack your bags and show up. Let the travel agent do all the work for you. Uh, so that is a, uh, that's just a little plug for, for my, my favorite pod mothers. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, and my first tip, download the Disney Cruise Line Navigator app. Uh, the Navigator app works on smartphones as well as uh, tablets. And it is, when you're not on the ship, it's a, it's a nice little app. It has a countdown, tells you where you're, you know, when you're going. But when you get on the ship, it expands and increases its functionality. And it shows you everything that you're doing on the day you cruise. So your entire navigator, which used to be a paper schedule that they put in your stateroom every day, is now in electronic format. Uh, it also allows you to stay in contact with members of your party. Uh, you get to utilize the ship's Wi-Fi to contact people. You can text. Um, and it also allows you to plan your day. You can actually go out and highlight um, events that you want to do on board the ship and set reminders. I don't know, Did were you guys able to use the navigator uh app when you when you cruised we use the paper navigator when we cruised okay yeah we we use the app and the paper navigator i always like to lay in bed the night before the next day and just look at all the activities and kind of plan out what i wanted to do it was pretty fun actually yeah i'm a you know i'm an old curmudgeon i, I don't like when things change and uh if you listen to my podcasts you 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 may know that uh, tony like you know, Tony, Tony likes repetition. Tony doesn't like when stuff becomes new, but uh, <laughs> the, the new electronic version of the Navigator is, is pretty sweet. Uh, you've always got it with you. Um, and, you know, it's good for the environment because you're not printing true. out 5,000 Navigators every day. True, true. Um, now, are you still able to go down to the lobby desk and request a paper copy if... You her... can, and they do have them available. Okay. So good I... But what they've done is, is the Navigator every day used to be a four-page document. Uh, now they give you that multi-page document the first day. And then each day, it's usually a, 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 a two-sided single sheet 
navigator. Mm -hmm. So they are, you know, they are making efforts to to cut their paper profile down, which you know, I, Disney is a good environmental partner. I bet with COVID too, they'll go paperless just for the fact that it's like, you know, less things to touch and right. handle and things like that. Right. All right. So tip number two, pick the right itinerary. Uh, if you're a first time cruiser uh, with Disney uh, or a first time cruiser in general, and you've never been on a ship, um, you know, my suggestion is find a four night cruise. Um, Disney has three dining rooms. Uh, they do rotational dining. Uh, a four night cruise allows you to hit every restaurant at least once. Um, I think it's the right length of cruise for a newbie. I think that the three night cruise is too short. It leaves you wanting a little more. I think a week cruise or longer, you know, if you've never cruised before, you don't necessarily want to be stuck on a ship for seven nights. Uh, and then find out on night two that you don't like it. Uh, right. So find, work, work with that travel agent that you've, that you've chosen uh, to find an itinerary. You know, Disney cruises, uh, as, as Rachel said, Disney cruises out of Vancouver. They do a Canada uh, itinerary. Uh, they then go down the coast. They cruise out of California. They actually hit Hawaii uh, while they're out there. They do uh, Panama Canal crossing. Uh, they sail out of Port Canaveral. They sail out of Puerto Rico. One of the ships goes across the Atlantic every summer and usually hits the Mediterranean as well as Europe. So Disney has a, a, a number of itineraries. Uh, there's a little bit of something out there for everyone. Um, so find that right itinerary. Uh, you know, you don't just have to cruise out of Port Canaveral, um, but work with your travel agent to find something. And if you're a first time cruiser, my recommendation is find something that's a four night cruise. Um, Tony, can I piggyback on that? Sure. I will say that my family, with the exception of my son, we're all very motion sickness prone. And so we were cognizant of that when we were planning our first cruise. So we did go with a longer one. But if you have any inclination towards motion sickness, it's a really good reason to choose the four-nighter just because then you can, if it doesn't work for you or you have to get adjusted to it a little bit it's a good period of time without feeling like, you know, you're stuck and you're suffering if, if it doesn't go quite your way. Right. Yeah. You know, my wife and girls are prone. I don't want to say they're prone to motion sickness, but they, it takes them a day to get their sea legs. Mm -hmm. uh, so what they do is they take uh, the first day before we get on board, uh, they go heavy on the, the bonine or the uh, Dramamine. Uh, and that usually takes them through dinner time is usually when it starts to affect them. So we take it before they get on the ship. Uh, and then, you know, that second day, they're fine. They have their sea legs. Um, in talking to some of the servers that I've gotten to know over the years, uh, you'll see a lot of the crew, because uh, they have motion sickness, believe it or not, uh, a lot of them swear by the sea bands, um, which mm -hmm. uh, utilize pressure points, um, and they can be worn around the wrist. So, uh, you we, know. we had a lot of success with the patches that you wear, mm -hmm. like the, my husband got the prescription kind, but my kids did the, um, like the over the counter ones and they work okay. really, really well. So if you really struggle, the scopamine patches is, is godsend. So I would okay. definitely recommend that too. Okay. And, you know, I think as always, you can, you know, if you head up to, uh, uh cabanas, you can usually get some saltine crackers, uh, and mm -hmm. perhaps some ginger ale just to help calm your stomach. So. Um, yeah, seasickness is something you don't really want to deal with. Um, on to point three. Um, you know, once you've chosen that itinerary, find out what's available on your cruise. You know, don't just be that cruiser who shows up uh, the day of. Um, 
And to that point, I always like to arrive at least a day early uh, because there's nothing worse. I've actually had a couple of clients uh, who, and my cousin, uh, missed a flight in the morning. Disney met them at the airport. They were in a van without their luggage, driving to the port at 70 miles an hour. They got on the ship, they pulled up the gangplank behind them and they sailed away without their luggage. Uh, oh their, luggage their luggage arrived at the first port, which was two days later. <sighs> so, uh, you know, put enough buffer in there when, when you're sailing. Uh, we like to arrive maybe the weekend before if it's a Monday departure uh, or at least a couple days before. So you, you, you don't want to arrive the day of uh, especially if you're taking like a December cruise and flying out of Connecticut, like I am December, January, uh, you know, you don't want a blizzard to interrupt you. Um, but that's, that's just a small part of, of number. Actually, that's a, I've digressed from my main point of uh, number <laughs> three here, which was learn all you can about your cruise. Uh, and once again, this is where working with a travel agent is going to help you. There's going to be a ton of stuff. If you're new to sailing, um, you know, ports of call, um, daily itineraries, uh, mixology and tasting, which, you know, Rachel, Rachel mentioned, um, you know, these are things you can do a, you know, scotch tasting, a mixology class, uh, a spirits tasting. My wife does that. She does the, she's a big fan of the tequila uh, mixology courses and tastings and um, that stuff's available to you. Your travel agent is going to tell you uh, how to get um, hard ticketed events for meet and greets. Uh, you know, they do have those on the cruise. They're free but they are ticketed. So you have to get your ticket. Um, a travel agent can do all of that behind the scenes for you and make sure that you, your, your kids get to meet Anna and Elsa and all of the princesses. Um, shore excursions, you know, that you're gonna be presented with a lot of options for each port that you go to for shore excursions. Um, restaurants uh, that are exclusive to adults like Paolo and Remy, your travel agent can set those up for you. So uh, that type of stuff is going on. Um, you'll have the option for first and second dining. You know, for me, if, if you've got little kids, I think you want to do that first dining. If you've got bigger kids, you want to do the second dining seating, which is at eight o'clock. It's a late dinner, but there's not a lot of little kids. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, as a first time cruiser, you're not going to be able to make your selections for a lot of these until 75 days prior to your cruise. Um, and you might find that some of these options are not available. Uh, what your travel agent will do is, you know, if you can't get tickets for Anna and Elsa, what they do is they have a certain number of tickets that they pre-allocate uh, prior to the cruise, but then your travel agent will explain to you what to do that first day when you get on board the ship, you go to Port Adventures and you get your, your tickets for that meet and greet. You go down that day and register for Paolo. So, uh, you know, your, your travel agent will give you your options, help facilitate uh, access to those options prior to your cruise electronically as part of the check-in process. Um, and if they can't get you those options, they'll explain to you how to get them once you're on board the ship. So uh, very important, uh, learn what you can. Uh, you guys have only cruised once each? Yes, I yes. have. Correct. Did, were, did you find you were like just inundated and overburdened with, with options? Um, I was more that first person that you described that really didn't know the, everything that was available. This was before my travel agent days. So um, I really didn't know all about all the different meet and greets. And to be fair, we used an agent that said, hey, do you want to, are you interested in these things? And we were like, ah, no, we'll figure it out when we get there. Ah. I'm pretty type A. So I was, <laughs> I was very <laughs> on top of it. I was like, my alarm set the 
the minute that I could log on and get everything picked. And so we pretty much got everything we wanted. Okay. Good. Which is okay. nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's nothing worse than, than standing there in the lobby. And, you know, even though they, they hold some tickets back and you can get them when you get on board, there's not a ticket for everyone. You know, there are hard limits to this stuff. And, you know, we might see even post COVID, you know, smaller limits with, with less availability, mm -hmm. but hopefully less cruisers, but there's, there's nothing worse than seeing that family and, you know, seeing a, a child crying because they can't go to a meet and greet. Um, so it's, it, it's just rough and you don't want to be that family. Um, so once again, this is, we're working with a travel agent. They'll guide you through the process, help you make your selections. And like I said, facilitate a, a lot of this for you behind the scenes. Tony, I don't know if you'll talk about this and I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your toes, but I also want to just say that booking early is so super important for this reason so that you do get the earliest window that you can um, for making these selections. But also, I don't know if, if you all have issue with this when you're uh, booking for customers. I find that most people want first seating and first seating tends to go quicker than second seating does. And so if you book early, you can dine earlier if you you know pick earlier I guess am I making sense of that yeah you make, um, you make perfect sense and I will I will piggyback on your piggyback okay uh, <laughs> and say uh, the earlier you book the cheaper it is so Disney mm -hmm. usually announces their itineraries about 18 months out they just recently released the first half of 2022 um, that is when cruises are the cheapest so you would think that as availability increased, that the price decreases. That's not the way cruising works. Um, if a cruise for your family on the day it's released would be $5,000, uh, as availability decreases, that cost is only going to go up. So in another four months, that same cruise, that same cabin may now be $5,500 or $6,000. Um, so as availability decreases, the prices rise. Uh, Disney, unlike their theme parks, does not often discount stuff. Um, they will put out some deals sometimes based on uh, capacity, you know, how, how the bookings are going. But by and large, you're better off to book further out. Now, sure. talking to Rachel's point about first dining or second dining, uh, right, first dinings go first. A lot of people cruising with kids, everybody wants that first dining. If you don't get that first dining, you immediately go onto a wait list. I have never, uh, and you arrange that for your, your clients. Um, but I have never, I have never not had anyone that I've put on the wait list, not get their first dining selection. So that's true. I've actually had the same experience. I just always get nervous when I, when I do it and I know that that's what they really want. Right. Same here. Yeah. It's uh, you know, you, you, you put them on the wait list and you just make the sign of the cross. So uh, <laughs> the other, the other thing is, um, you know, talking about dining and here I am, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked from my five points, but it's all good stuff. Um, when you're dining with Disney, they do the rotational dining. So you, you go through these various dining rooms with your wait staff, uh, same wait staff every night. Um, as a family uh, or a sailing group, sailing party, uh, you have the option of dining with another family. Uh, so if, you know, if you're a family of four, what Disney will do is match you up with a family with children of similar ages. Um, you know, if you have two girls, you, you know, ages six and eight, you might get partnered with another family of two boys ages six and eight or you know kids that are nine and six and they'll try to put them near age groups that are similar um and if you don't tell them not to 
you know, you might find that you're dining with another family. So you're going to make new friends, but you also have the option to dine alone. Uh, there have been cruises where, uh, you know, we've opted to dine alone and Disney will seat you at a party of four. The, the table is six, however big your party is, and they won't try to match you up. So that's something that not a lot of people think about. Um, you know, some people are surprised when they show up and they're a family of five and all of a sudden there's another family at their dining table. And, you know, why, why are these people with us? We don't know them. Um, well, Disney will try to match parties up together um, because, you know, not everybody can have just a table for their family. Um, so uh, just another thing to think about as you're planning your cruise, you know, are you an outgoing family? You know, we've, we've been seated with families who didn't know that they were going to be seated with, with other families. And, you know, we, we kind of wish that we had been seated alone because these family, this family was a bunch of stiffs. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's luck of the draw. Uh, so that's just a, another thing to think about and something I didn't have written down. So um, thank you, Rachel, for making me think about dining. No, that's a good, really good tip. Uh, so that's, that's pretty much all on point three, uh, just learning, you know, all you can about your cruise. Number four, and Amber mentioned this earlier, uh, that is take advantage of the kids club. Uh, the kids club, the, 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 the oceaneering, the oceaneers lab, the oceaneers club, the nursery, uh, Disney has lots of options uh, for your kids, the vibe, the edge for the older kids. Uh, you know, even though you're cruising as a family, take some time, put the kids, you know, off with their kind, uh, and go out as adults, you know, go to Paolo, go to the sports bar, go have a drink, get a spa session together, do a couple's massage. Um, you know, what we found with our kids was uh, bring them there on the first day. They usually have some, some open sessions where families can go in and explore the space. Um, bring your kids right to that, you know, let them see what it's like. You know, don't just think that you're going to wait until day three and then bring them up to the, uh, to the kids club and drop them off. You know, let them experience it, go in with them. If you have a child who's shy, uh, maybe, you haven't, maybe you only have one child. You know, go up there with them to the kids club, uh, get them enrolled, show them what it's like. Maybe they'll meet a friend. The minute they make a friend, they're just going to want to go to the kids club all the time, you know, and, and you're going to be, you know, resting a little easier that they're making a friend that they're having fun. Uh, the other nice thing about the kids club is with each of the dining seatings, uh, you know, they will serve the kids first and then about 25, 30 minutes into the meal, the kids club will come into the dining rooms and pick up kids to go down to the kids club. And then the adults can finish their meal because a meal on board a, a Disney cruise line usually takes an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and a half. Once they take the kids out, then it's just the adults. And it's a nice time to relax, to have a meal without having to worry about uh, having your children at the table. Um, and it's one thing that I think Disney does great because they are a family oriented cruise line is the assistant server that you're assigned we'll take care of your kids. We've had assistant servers that, you know, Cheryl went to go cut one of our kids uh, chickens and the server was like, whoa, 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 what are, you, what are you doing? Let me get that for you. And, you know, cutting all the kids food up, getting the kids their drinks, getting them all set up. And it was just a really stress-free dinner. You know, I don't know how many moms and dads there, uh, there are that, that, you know, they don't get to eat a, a full hot meal because they're busy tending to the children. And Disney will do that for you. Uh, and then the nice thing is, is they'll come in and take them down to the kids club during the meal. So you don't even have to get up to do that. Um, so it's a, it's a really nice option. Um, all of the kids services uh, are, are very safe. You know, my girls, my oldest is finally transitioned out. 
of the kids club for our next cruise. And, and it's kind of a sad, a sad thing to see happen. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we've definitely gotten our money's worth out of the kids clubs and, and I don't know what your experiences with the kids clubs have been. Um, did you guys well, find that you utilize them a lot? Super. Yeah. All the time. Um, I did want to bring up just two points for anyone listening. The kids club is for ages three and up. So I have had some people in the past, you know, that their kids are two and a half years old, but they want to go on that. They want to do the kids club. I have had them maybe delay their cruise for a few months. So just so their kids can be three, so they can use the kids club. Also, one thing I was very impressed with was the counselors at the kids club. These are not like your 12 year old babysitters that you find in the neighborhood. Um, most of them have college degrees and things like early childhood. Um, and they're really interactive with the kids and they really connect with them really well. Amber, let me also add, Tony, I can't remember if you said this and I'm sorry if you did. It's free. It's part of your cruise price. Other cruise lines, it's not always included in the price of things. It's an add-on. So you can utilize it as much as you want and you don't pay any more or, or less. Right. With, with the exception of, um, you know, Amber mentioned uh, kids three and up is the kids club uh, for children ages six months to uh, three. They actually do have the small world nursery. That is mm -hmm. not a free option. That is right. a uh, pay by hour uh, that can be arranged ahead of time. Um, but you're allotted a certain number of hours per child. Um, so you can't just put a you know two year old in small world nursery every night, even if you want to pay for it. Um, you're limited to a cap. Uh, of hours based on the length of your cruise. Uh, but it will give you, you know, some time uh, to spend away from the children, even if they are little, super little ones. Uh, so uh, great point. Um, and then my, my last point, um, you know, it's fun to plan a cruise and there's a lot of planning that you're going to do. A lot of that's going to change. Uh, you know, I, I think you look at some of the options available ahead of time. You look at that daily navigator, you know, there's always something, there's a trivia contest in the lounge, but there's deck massages up on the pool deck versus, you know, they're broadcasting a playoff game in the sports bar and the piano players are, uh, you know, playing in the piano lounge. You know, which of those four things do I want to do? Well, you know, originally I wanted to do A, but C sounds a lot better. So for all the planning you're going to do, things are going to change. So the only thing I can do is just say, plan to have fun. You know, don't get, don't get so set in stone that you think that you're going to do A, B, C, and D every day. It's cruising. It's going to change. Yeah, that advice is great for the parks too. Um, a healthy amount of planning is good, but also a good dose of flexibility can just make your vacation a lot better. Exactly. And that's it. I think that's all five. All right. Was that five? Those I are... lost count. I was listening and just lost count. That, that Lots was of good advice. That was like the, the quick edition. I'm sure we could go into a lot more detail, but that's a good overview. Oh, if, if you guys and your listeners let me, I would just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you back anytime, Tony. The pod father is always welcome. We'll roll out the red carpet. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I will make you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your DCL wisdom with us tonight, Tony. 
And now it's time for our weekly trivia. And last week, Stephanie asked us how many turkey drumsticks are sold in the US Disney parks each year? The answer was 1.6 million, might be slightly less than 2020. But the closest with Price is Right rules was Taylor Estes. So congratulations, Taylor. Congrats. Do, do, you know what, do you know what the saddest thing about that is? What's that? Is that somewhere there is uh, 800,000 turkeys in wheelchairs with no legs. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Tony, I'm a, I, I'm a pescatarian, so I don't even eat turkey legs. So it's just a sad image. <laughs> I know, isn't it? Oh, yeah. bless us. So Rachel, what's our trivia this week? All right, so it has to do with Disney Cruise Line, since that's our topic of the week. You may have noticed that DCL lifeboats are a very special color. They're yellow instead of the traditional orange. Orange used to be the regulation for all cruise ships, but Disney fought to actually have this specific lifeboat color. I want to know what is the reason for the yellow lifeboats? So send us your guesses via Facebook or Instagram. I'll post the trivia question later on so everybody can put their guesses in. Awesome. So that's a, a great, that's a great question, by the way. Do you know the answer, Tony, without giving it away? Okay, I do. good. I'll let you keep your um, DCL professorship. I, I will, be, <laughs> I will be answering right after it's posted. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, so a big thank you to our honorary podfather, Tony. Tony, tell us again where we can find you. Uh, I can be found uh, mainly through Facebook groups. Uh, I am the Mouse and More podcast, um, and you can find me. I actually have a small Facebook page with like 400 members called Cruising with Disney, and you can find me on Two Dudes Talking Disney. Uh, that is the page that I share with Disney Drive Time. So it's kind of those two shows. We share one SoundCloud feed. So uh, you can find us on Facebook there. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening to the Fairy Pod Mothers. We're happy to be your one-stop shop for talk and tips for Disney, Universal, and beyond. Please join us on the Facebook and Instagram to keep the conversation going. Amber, Rachel, Stephanie, and Tony are travel professionals with Main Street and More Travel a no-fee Disney earmark agency. Please reach out on Facebook for a free quote and rate, review, and tell your friends. We'll see you real soon.